Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So George R. R. Martin is in the news. I uh, wish it was because he has a book, but it's not. <laughs> you laugh, Only obviously. Plenty of effing time. It's because uh, it's because the Santa Fe uh, zoning board is rejecting his plan to build an adobe castle. As far as I can tell, the Water Garden Keep. That's right. The Water Garden Keep, I think, is probably what pushed them over the edge to thinking like you're just building a castle. You can't do that. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guy. <laughs> it is clear that this is not an Adobe building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is medieval castle, and I don't understand how we could possibly approve it. <laughs> <laughs> the article is great. So if you haven't seen this, you should look up this New York Times article that is just, just basically ragging on George R. R. Martin's plan to build a, a medieval castle. All right, next item on the agenda, we both failed in our endeavor last week you fucking jinxed us so hard i know i know you ran into an incredibly like your opponent did incredibly well i sort of shot myself in the foot and didn't do that well i look at my line and i say that is that is what i would have wanted to get um on all fronts um just about all fronts I no, I I feel, I sort of feel roughly the same. I think I I kind of felt like my team was overperforming all year, and then they came back to earth, and then it was just driven home by Matt Chapman going for a season-ending surgery. Like, and they didn't. You know, it's one of those super annoying times where they don't put him on the DL for five days, so you're just holding a roster spot for this guy. Like, no, he's yeah, coming back. Really he's coming back. He's coming back. And then day five, they're like. Yeah. He's out for the season, and you're like, "Thank you." <laughs> That's yeah. It is often that is often really hard. Um, yeah, no, that. You, but, uh, was that it though? Was that the only thing that needed to change? Was that the only thing that needed to change? No, no, far, <laughs> far from it, far from it. I mean, I, I was talking. About, I was actually talking with my opponent about this, and. I have I have Shane Bieber, who's basically the I mean, as we talked about before on the pod, the best player on my team this year, and Ever. all I had was in history fantasy. Yeah, probably all I had was I had one start of him against the Twins. Like ah, it's not, it's an an unlucky way for that to lay. I had Nola and um, and Cole Garrett Cole going, and they did amazingly. And Kenta Maeda, the number oh. one player uh, in all of baseball as well and it was like this is exactly what i wanted to get i might actually have a chance here the pitching side is pretty good all i i've kind of like as i go back into it i wonder how many players went over players uh, over the you know wednesday thursday it was like i just need one start i wonder if alec mills against 
the Brewers. We can't, I can't do this. Some of it, eh. you know, I played around with that one and um, ended up going with Dalton Jeff, Jefferies of the, um, of Oakland. Wrong choice. Horrible decision. Alec Mills, of course, throwing a no-hitter last night that uh, probably was on the waiver wire in most leagues. Oh, I mean, what was it, Humbert? Um, Phil Humbert? Phil Humbert Humbert? (laughs) (laughs) For a little low leader reference, if you will. Um, Yeah, Alec Mills. Wow. I don't want to go too far afield, but that was... It's so funny because I saw the name and I was like, fuck, I really, I really, I did just look at him <laughs> and like just trying to grab a start. So many people must have looked at I him. I owned Alec Mills and TGFBI for a while this year. You know who, you know where he's not <laughs> on that team anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. it's one of those guys that just everybody looked at him. He just put it all together. I love those guys. Just put it all together. For I one love game. Those anyway, guys. end of the line for us. So I guess for, we got three weeks to heavily invest ourselves in TGFBI and that's it. All right. Other sports. I, you know, I forgot to congratulate you on Fulham's playoff victory to He's get back. themselves back to the Premier League. He's back. They're back. Just as Norwich goes down. It's yeah. gonna, if they keep on switching, yeah, you should, I'm going to be able to have... As long as you just root for, you know, you'll root for whichever one's in the Premier League, and you're good. East Anglia, West London, I mean... Just gonna switch between the country house and the. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I'm I'm just happy because Aston Villa stayed up barely. You know, they were the they were number four from the bottom. They made it. That it was sort of an interesting um, because Liverpool was so far ahead, and then the rest of the top of the table was just fighting it out, hot potatoing who <laughs> who wanted it. <laughs> There wasn't really that much of a mid-table this year, so the bottom teams were terrible. Agreed. They, if they could have, they would have relegated five teams. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it kind of, kind of would have made sense, honestly. I, I think, I actually, I'm thinking that amidst all the craziness, I actually think that the Premier League is going to be more normal than other sporting leagues this year. As opposed to NFL? NFL kind of seemed normal. Did you think so? Okay. And in many Do you say ways. that because the Vikings lost? <laughs> Things feel normal. Things feel normal. Vikings uh, Vikings dropped a, a totally winnable one at home. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into it. We're going to talk about Sloan this week, uh, a text that I sent last week realizing that abstracts are coming up. So I thought we'd kick through what we did last year, a little bit of what actually got accepted last year, and then do some brainstorming for this year. Yep. All right, uh, the disappointment, shockingly, has not fully worn off for me, I realized on further reflection. Uh, going to the website this year of the, the Sloan 2021 conference, that I assume is extremely up in the air right now, but going to that website Virtual. brought back worse feelings than I expected. Well, this is what happened the last time when we did the, um, what, in 2017. So we, we did 2017, we put one in. And then it hurt really bad when it wasn't accepted. Or abstract was accepted, but the final paper wasn't. We didn't submit in 2018. <laughs> 2019, 
it finally wore off and we put it in and um you know in some ways the 2017 paper was a little bit more um was a little bit more me and the 2019 paper was a little bit more you it hurts right yeah yeah so i guess we're pushing ourselves in the sense that we're not going to take the year off this year yeah so that's something well let me just give you you know the state of where we were at last year last year we put in a paper titled predictive error estimates for baseball statistics using clustering algorithms and covariance analysis. So we leaned hard in on the... Uh, open source. Well, we leaned in hard on open source and we leaned in hard on uh, jargon, not, not jargon, on precision terms in the title. Yeah. Thinking that, I think, and we consciously chose that, I think, thinking that was our avenue. Because the whole goal was... I mean, if you look at just the, the GitHub repository, the description is simple. It's It was public tools to generate MLB predictions using our K-means clustering technique. Yep. And I thought it was basically best laid plans. You know, it was good. We had a really nice open source framework that used a fairly simple machine learning technique that was accessible. We leaned in hard on the accessibility of it. We don't really get any info. The problem is we don't really get any information about why they're rejected. <laughs> No. So we still don't really know. So I want to ask you what you thought about that, and then I'll, and then I thought we'd dive into what actually got accepted last year, and maybe do some post morteming and try and figure out what we can do this year. Do you want to add anything to what we did last year? No, no. I mean, you, you got it. Was I mean, this is two times that we've done a paper where we felt really proud of the paper that we wrote, and. We get it. We get no feedback on why it tur is turned down, and then we have to look at the other papers that were accepted, ended up being the finalists, and decide what it is that we didn't do that um, they did. And that's, geez, that is a mission unto itself. It is. It is a mission unto itself. So, I, you know, the first thing I notice. So, all right, let's just go into it. So if you look at the abstracts that were accepted last year, there's nine papers accepted and 13 posters. And two of those are, two of those are from a high school competition, so we're not eligible, shockingly. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you look at these, I think, I think it, it's... I think there are a lot of listeners who are surprised. I, they're just blown away by that. There's three of the nine are baseball. It, let's just start with the papers. Three of the nine are baseball, and the first thing that I notice is that the titles are much more simple than we went with. One that was accepted is titled, literally titled, Pulling Starters. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so here are the baseball ones. So there's measuring the impact of robotic umpires, pulling starters, and running it twice or thrice, doubleheader and tripleheader baseball arbitration. So basically, two of those are about the game, and one of those is about the business. Right. And this is something that we sort of, we tried to play into a little bit in the first paper, which was talking about the business side of it, which I think is, um, that's a real aim of Sloan. Sloan isn't about, like, you know, we made, we did this really cool modeling statistical thing. It's about, like okay, what is whatever work that you did, how does it apply to making more money for sports? <laughs> um, 
or increasing the chance that, te- that some team will win. That is very nicely cynical, and I don't disagree. So then there's two posters uh, for, for baseball, explicitly about baseball, and then a couple a couple that, that deal with baseball a little bit. So there's this, this generic changing the Major League Baseball uh which is describing the the actual physical changes to the baseball and how and what that led to, which somebody had to write that paper. And then there's yep. a, a poster on, or write that poster at least, and then there's a poster, Swing Shift, Mathematical Approach to Defensive Positioning. Somebody also had to write that. I would argue that those two were like, well, somebody was going to write about the change to the baseball and somebody was going to write about the change and shift. Like those are just two, two obvious low-hanging fruits. And that seems to be more like the um, swinging swing shift is more similar to what the paper, the other paper that we submitted was. Um, blanking on the name of the one that I that I submitted, but using basically spatial autocorrelation to understand um, the distribution of hits against a, a pitcher. So I think one thing that we're seeing here, our topic is too broad each time. Yes. Yeah, I I think right now it's a good time for us to kick around two things. I think trends. One, it's too broad. Two, all of these seem to have some measure of prediction, which is what we tried to do, but I think we need to emphasize that even a little bit more. Prediction. Yeah. Yeah, that's what everybody wants. Modeling yep. is modeling isn't technically about prediction, but we use a model to predict. But I think I think you're very that's right. What everybody that wants. Obviously, not obviously. Obviously, in retrospect, saying that we're going to predict all of the outcomes or that this k-means works to predict every single category was overkill. And. <laughs> What we need to what we need to do is focus in on some facet. Right. I think what it's yeah. Here's the analogy. Oh boy. Um each one of the most of these papers are like, hey, look at this. I grew a tree right here, and here's the first fruit from that tree. What we did was said, look at this. We planted an orchard and all of these trees will produce apples (laughs) next year. And they said, we don't, we don't care about having an orchard and being told that you're going to have a viable business next year. We want to see that there is one tree and that there's proof that it has a fruit on it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So what? So that let's let's think about that when we're doing when we're we're coming up with I, our papers. For I think year. you're. I think you're right on. I. Yep. I I think you're right on. And so. Ah, it's kind of a challenge. Now we really actually have to think about, like a, a focused, a focused topic. I've got one question, and this is sort of something that I've been. I've been mulling around and trying to figure out how we can do. Well, okay. Wait, I want to go back a little bit. 
One thing that we don't see here, do you? I'm not seeing in any of these titles, but there might be in here. Is there a single paper that says something about fantasy? No, and well, no. There is one. There's a paper on betting. Betting is not fantasy. I, I know, but I'm I'm just telling you that. So are, I'm I'm not sure where you're going with this. Are you going with this that we should stay away from fantasy, or are you going with this that we should lean into fantasy? I I'm just trying to. This has been my assessment has been that it's very hands off on fantasy these decisions. So I you're right. I think you're either we lean in really heavily on fantasy side, or we lean out on fantasy side. And I wonder if it cheapens in some way what we write if we put the word if we mention fantasy ever, or whether or not we can make a compelling enough argument for our paper being a fantasy paper. And, I mean, I, we talked about this three years ago. Because on the business side of it, I mean, it is. A fantasy is a huge business. That's, yep, that's exactly what I was, was going to say. That if, if you really are concerned about the bottom line, fantasy is a major way that people consume baseball. And extremely even more so when people can't go to games. <laughs> yeah. We could write the low-hanging fruit paper about uh, the impact of not having fans. <laughs> I mean, right. somebody's going to have oh, somebody's going to propose one. that this year. We can try to figure that out. That would be very interesting. The real like home field advantage. Yeah. Paper. Uh this is the first time that we have that vector completely removed is is fans. How much more effective is If you want to look at if you want to look at COVID impacts on baseball, you can look at you look at home field. You can also you can also look at the impact of travel schedules. And, and right. off days. I mean, there, there's like, you know, sort of three things that are drastically changed in baseball this year. That, honestly, the, their Sloan is probably really interested in. That's huge. Well, so pick one. Right. Which one's the most interesting? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm saying, like, that to me would be the at the level of the, like, the posters that are on the baseball changing and the shift. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I see. That's a good one. The The question that I've been wondering if we could figure out how to tackle is, um, uh, <clears throat> this goes on along with our best art of kind of stuff and, and a player that we're going to review later, which is like predicting viable closers. Like how, it, you know, in fantasy, it's really valuable if you can see someone at the beginning of the year and say, like, this is a guy that has the stuff to be a closer and could should could should be a closer this year or next year. Something on the business world that I think would be every team would love to be able to have a guy making under a million dollars a year as their closer, you know, per the conversation that may or may not have made it into the podcast about the Vikings wasting cap space on Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, seeing Craig Kimbrell's trials this yep. year, it's been it's pretty clear that the Red Sox make the right decision not not continuing to have him on the roster because holy... Yeah. 
Oh Holy yeah, balls. Oh, no. If they had him as well, they would not be any better, and they would be even more in a, in a cap morass. Um, but I think that's something that teams have a very good sense of, you know, in scouting their own players. Closer is something that you see, you watch, but maybe it's something that we could find um, um, in a, in a table. Maybe we can find future closers in a table. Maybe that's that's how we uh, we can help. Maybe that's maybe that's the paper. I yeah. I I think. I mean, I think that's really interesting. And, and this is something that we've kicked around before, like whether we can do anything with with contracts, which would be a necessary part of this paper as well. Just a column. Yeah. Just in the column that we. No, had I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that's perfectly simple, but that's that's a thing that we've never we've never mined before. That actually would be well, interesting for us to mine. Yeah, I mean, so that's those are two different routes. Do we want to try to? Are those the two routes that we want to try this year for papers? I think so. It's like one safe and one a little bit more speculative because I think they're gonna. Well, I don't know actually. I don't know what their response to looking at pandemic sports changes will be, but we'll find out. I think that about brings us to the review session. Devin Williams. Devin Williams, 25 years old, of the Milwaukee Brewers. Pretty good stats this year. Uh, I know you never you don't put any stake in this, but he's got three wins and one loss. Seven holds, zero saves. So that should give you a sense, at least, of, of how the Brewers are, are planning on using him or are using him. Currently. Never getting a save opportunity. Nope. 19 innings pitched this year, 39 strikeouts. He's had a grand total of one earned run this year, and it came off a home run. <laughs> so he's basically been in no trouble. He's, he's pitched out, out in, like, out of the stretch, basically never. <laughs> uh, seven <laughs> walks. So th- that, sorry, burying the lead here, that means that his K per nine is 18.47. Yeah. Which I assume is why you said, we got to talk about this guy. We got to talk about this guy, yeah. <laughs> and he had, he he didn't pitch until he pitched over the weekend, uh, or he pitched Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. and those were, uh, you know, vintage outings. <laughs> two out of the three batters he faced, or two out of the four batters he faced in both outings, strikeouts. It, um, it was, it was cool watching him because I, I watched him and you know, stat, stat wise for a while. Interesting seeing him in action because he's a little bit more, he's a little bit more Kimbrel than I wanted him to be. Where, which is to say, that he threw. There are two pitches that he threw that were elite and part of the, the reason they were elite was because the batter didn't know where they were going he also didn't quite wasn't quite sure where they were going <laughs> I, I agree with that you know it's it's kind of nice because you can see where the catcher set up and you're like oh that was not uh it was not exactly where they planned that one to to end nope. up <laughs> I mean, he's got he's got great speed, right? He's throwing ninety six, basically peak of his peak of his fastball distribution is is ninety six. But he doesn't throw his fastball nearly as much as I expected. No, his breakdown um, on pitches is super interesting. He throws mostly changeups, and that worries me because that makes me think that it is a uh, 
that it is a control issue <laughs> on his four seamer. Oh, I mean, but his changeup is his changeup is deadly. It's I it, it is really good. Um, that you don't see that very often from someone who got to watch Pedro for for years and got to see the. The unfortunate thing is at 25, you shouldn't be relying on your changeup this heavily. Whereas if you have a 96-mile-per-hour fastball, um, but it, it's it's an amazing pitch. Again, there again, he's not quite sure where it's going. Well, so, but, but that's, not, that's not explicitly true with the changeup because I don't know if you've looked at the heat map of where the pitches go. They're kind of all going to the same spot if he's throwing a changeup. Well, they're all going to the same spot. Where the catcher is... <laughs> Might not exactly match that. He's got so that home run could have just been that the the catcher was like, okay, anywhere but right here, which is where you always pitch it, <laughs> anywhere but there. I'm cautiously excited about Devin Williams. He's the kind of guy that we could definitely watch. We probably will have to watch him for a couple years before he reaches true fantasy impact level because his fantasy impact unless you're playing in a holds league is low ish right now he's only pitched 19 innings Pine he's only pitched here. 19 innings this year you can't roster that in a standard you can't roster that without having well i mean in some ways geez mike you can you can totally roster that um if he's only getting you two innings a week and you don't get any credit for holds you can't use that. I, I don't think you can roster that in a standard league with a, with a even a, a reasonable innings limit. I don't think you can roster that. Okay, let's see. Who is the comparison here? Who is someone that has? You're not gonna like this, Mike. Zach Grinky. How in the world can let's compare him to Zach Grinky? How? I am so excited to see where you're taking this because I see nothing in common between these two. But go ahead. How many wins does Zach Greinke have? Uh, I don't know. Three, probably. How many does Devin three. Williams have? Okay. What? How many Ks does Devin Williams have? 39. Okay. So Zach Greinke has 14 more wins than he does. I'm the wins. <laughs> well, yeah. Ks. Yeah. But then... He's got 14 more Ks over, what is this, was week seven? Yeah. Seven weeks are in the books. So he gets you two more Ks a week with an ERA of 3.77 and a whip of 1.06. Yeah, but, but okay, this, this is an interesting point, right? Because the thing about Grinky is that you can actually predict when he's going to accumulate those stats. So you can use that. Right, he does just burn a roster spot. Right. With Williams, you can't. you got to keep him in all of the time because you have no idea when he's going to accumulate those those mm. stats and that's that's the real i mean that's, that's what makes it a real you are burning a roster, roster spot, spot for this yeah, guy because you're you're pure burning a roster spot i hear what i hear yeah, what you're he saying have... i hear what you're saying about like how many strikeouts he has and it's it's incredible <laughs> like that is something you you don't want those thirty nine strikeouts to be sitting on the waiver wire. I mean that's great. And with when you have when you're having this you know basically a similar number of wins to someone like 
Aaron Savale. I'm probably he's probably Americanized that or something like that. You know, um, with a really great ERA and whip. But you're right. Number one, that ERA and whip don't actually move anything yeah. that well. You know, having two innings of no earned run and one walk, one hit, you know, isn't really going to do that much. So he needs more innings. He needs to be in more. He needs to be four outs. But I think I think you're going to see that he's change because he's only 25, and he's in a and you frankly he's in a stacked Brewers bullpen. I mean the Brewers right. have the Brewers have a good bullpen where they can just bring They've him out for that. one inning and do this. It's not like the Twins bullpen where he can be. It, where he could be out there for a couple of Devin Williams would pitch seven innings a week because they'd pitch him an inning in every single game. <laughs> they would. They would have yeah. to. Well, I mean, it's good to compare him against. I don't know. Let's see. Um, no, he's got about the same as uh, Tyler Duffy or someone in the uh, Twins bullpen. Tyler Duffy is not that great. <laughs> Tyler Duffy, yeah, <laughs> Tyler Duffy is not that great, but. He's making more money. Tyler Duffy. Wow. Minnesota, Minnesota sports Williams. have demonstrated that they can't figure out how to pay people. So this would be the thing, right? It's like, if we were to put this into a Sloan paper, how can you have Devin Williams making three quarters of the amount of money as Tyler Duffy and better? I mean, I, I, who, they probably, who, if you're um, Dombrowski, you don't really care about half million dollars but <laughs> yeah over your three main um relief pitchers who are then trade bait if you suck or who are then um you know key playoff players maybe it does matter <laughs> <We're done. laughs> why do you have to do that to me <laughs> it'd, it'd be so <laughs> fantasy tools to have a slum paper that's like here's the way we can save you Two million dollars. <laughs> well, we do. We do have a quote. And make from, your bullpen twenty-seven. percent We do quote Doctor Evil. Oh well, you know what? Actually, if we could offer a percentage of how much better we'll make your bullpen, just even just pulling numbers out of our asses, I think that's uh, that's something that should go in the abstract. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So, generally, don't own Devin Williams, but he's a player to watch for the future. This is sort of a Brad Hand kind of. Um, player to watch i agree no i I think two or three years from now you're gonna want to own him but i i don't think he's gonna i don't think he's even gonna be standard ownable next year unless like hater takes a walk (laughs) all right who are we doing this week let's go to the confusing cubs bullpen and watch jeremy jeffress okay that sounds good Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.